When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. What if I told you everything you know about the world is wrong? Dear Lord, what if I told you that all the things I believe to be impossible are in fact very much possible? Ah, reality is not what you think it is. It is so much more complicated, fascinating, and above all, Lord is terrifying. We're at the fringes of the map. And there's more than just dragons. In your name I pray. Amen. I look at the newly freed marshal. Well, what do you want to do? You're the person who may have more experience in this kind of stuff. First things first, I'm going to wrap my hands around Morgan Clanton's throat, and I'm going to throttle the life out of him. Second thing, I'm going to stop these stingers and eyes. Wherever they are, they're bad news, and they need to end. You can come with me, or you could stay here. I don't mind either way. I'm going to uh, peek out from my hiding spot while this is going on. <laughs> can I make the equivalent of a 5e insight check? You are fairly confident in this man's story you get the measure of him as a man of principle it seems like he wants to stop these people just because it is the law they should not be doing this you are also fairly certain that he might die for this as in you don't think that he's going to lose necessarily you just think that if it came to it he would take a bullet for his belief okay do you need a gun he hesitates before he steps out he looks back at you and says i'd appreciate one i hand him the gun i got Thank you. Just letting you know, there's one in there that's filled with salt for some reason. Can't figure out why. The other one's pack a punch. He briefly considers the gun, looks back at you and says, I'll remember this. Thank you very much. Of course. You don't feel obligated to uh, tell anyone that we set you loose. I'll, I'll, make, sure, I'll make sure not to. Oh, the, the, uh, the woman with the scars on her face. Yes. Um, Frida. She came... She came back here. She just recently, she uh, put something in her, her, in her luggage, he says, and he gestures to one of the cases. I don't know if that's interesting to you, but I thought you might want to know since you were asking about the other fellow, gestures to the two bodies, the other fellows who came through. Uh, it was pretty recent. Would have been uh, maybe moments ago. He leaves. Well, before anything else happens, I'm going to uh, take Otis Bismarck's wallet. <laughs> All right, you pat him down. You find the wallet really quickly. It's like thick. It is thick. You don't have time to count now, but there is $3,000 in notes. 
Yeah, I take the money out. I throw up his, uh, his wallet out the window or on the ground, whatever, and I go, unpleasant little twerp. <laughs> really? Yes, really. <clears throat> all, right, all right. Listen, there's a very good chance we're not going to get out of this alive. And if we are, I'd like to get something out of it. I'm good with just my life, personally. As I start to take out my Bible, I go to turn to one of the prayer pages. Then I, like, look at the front of the train car where more people will probably be coming through. I close the book up. I'll do that later. In my own time, if need to. Where where are you, where, where are you going? You check... You check the woman's bag. I'm going to get the shotgun from uh, Watson's bag. And we'll make our way back to one of our cars. Dr. Singh, if you want to join us, we can figure out what we're going to do from there. The doctor is probably going to also help you look through Frida's luggage in case maybe that's where poison is being kept. Okay. Hmm. Wise. There may be an antidote as well. You open Frida's luggage case. It's not locked. And inside... There is a metal case. On the metal case, there is a strange symbol. The symbol vaguely resembles a flower. It's black and yellow. It looks like the flower is black, and then it's got yellow spots in between its petals. It's a, a circular symbol as well. It's It appears several times on the luggage. You know what this means. This uh, is the symbol for radiation. Before I open that, I notice the symbol, and I look to Sing. I go, uh, this is radioactive stuff. Sing gives you a puzzled look. What's that? It is incredibly harmful to touch. Uh, I, I only know of it briefly. There is talk here and there on the battlefield, nothing substantial, just rumors of potential use of... A substance that could harm you upon touching that incredibly dangerous. It's it's like poison for everything, for every person. It's incredibly potent. Is it like a gas? Uh, maybe. Potentially. Could be. Can we open this case? I, w- I would recommend not. Uh, okay, then. Do you know, is there an antidote to radiation? No, not that I'm aware of. Reverend, I'll let you connect. If you've noticed, Frida Dietrich carries around a little purse with her, and anytime she set it down, it had like a, a weighty thunk to it. You think that that purse is made out of lead, and she probably keeps radioactive material in it. I relay that to Sing. Meanwhile, Edwards, you move into the rear carriage. When you do so, you see Sir Crown is standing there looking at the crate that the El Donchetto man was being kept in, you and he share like a really, a half terrified, half what sort of look. The crate has Looney Tunes style, a hole broken into it in the exact shape of like a man. There is nothing inside the crate. So I don't suppose you saw what, um... Crown shakes his head. It was like this when I got here. I think, fair to say, um, not good. This? Yes. Yes. Mm. Crown turns around, and when he looks at you, you see he takes a step back, and his expression goes from shocked to scared. Reverend, 
What are you doing right now? I would like to make my way back to Edwards to give him a hand with what he was doing. Uh, I'm trying to keep myself out of where I surmise a sniper, the French guy shooting. Yourself and Singh keep yourselves low and you head towards the back of the train. As you're doing that, because you're keeping yourself low so that you can't be seen from the window in front of you, you cannot see through the window behind. You merely approach the rear of the train as you hear... Uh, are those gunshots? Slightly muffled gunfire. Understood. I look towards Singh. I go to reach for the gun I just gave away. Go, well, that is unfortunate. And is there a way that I can open the door and just take a peek in? Sure, you could try that. I would like to do that. While you're doing that, Edwards. Hmm. Sir Crown is as white as a ghost. You have a split moment to react. What do you do? I guess I turn around. You turn around and you see a sight that nearly makes you vomit. A a creature, a man, you surmise, vaguely a man, is staggering towards you from a hiding place in among some boxes. How Eldon Shadow does it seem to me? Oh, it seems very Eldon Shadow. Just as I suspected. let Let me describe what you're looking at. You are looking at a vaguely humanoid figure... But they are, they're like covered or wrapped in reeds. The reeds, though, are old and decayed. Some sort of process has lathered, slathered them with like clay or mud. You're not 100% sure what it is, just that it's kind of got a consistency like clay or mud. The clay mud mixture keeps the reeds in place in addition to how they've been woven. The creature staggers towards you, arms outstretched like a movie monster. And while it's doing that, you can see that the reeds crack and break as it moves. Clearly, the mummification process on this creature was not meant to be disturbed in any way. As that happens as well, from underneath the reeds, where the corpse itself would be, you see like red bile or ooze, like a strange red substance is seeping through. The creature where their face is has been kind of like split open a little bit. And you can see from under, it's it's like some sort of layer of red bile underneath the reeds. And that's drooling out around where their face is. Their face is exposed and that of a, like a, a creature that was mummified. You stare into the carbonized face with its sunken eye sockets, pulled back rictus grin. Its arms reach out for you. What do you do? Um, we're gonna uh, duck, duck down between its legs. As you duck down, you are glad that you did. You hear, <laughs> you know how if you heard a gun being drawn out of a holster, you know how you'd kind of know that sound? Yeah. You hear that sound twice from right behind you, and you are glad you ducked because bang, 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 bang. John Crown withdraws two revolvers, levels them at the creature, and starts shooting and does not stop shooting until you hear click, 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 click. You duck down, go in between the creature's legs. This is where I die. You get down and underneath, in between the creature's legs. It, like, rocks as it is filled with lead. 
Reverend, you open the door to see the creature staggering. You don't get to see its face because it's facing away from you, but you get to see Edward's. You see Edward's face. What in Jesus' name is in there? No, 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 no. Out, 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 out. I open the door further and wave him in. I crawl as like you do that that thing where like you you start crawling faster and like up into a walk and run. You know what I mean? Like your fingers are scraping along until you're up. They just like out. As you run, as you move kind of like from a lower position to a scrambling half standing position the creature turns around and tries to reach out at you yeah <laughs> it grabs you by the scruff of your neck its decayed awful fingers slip down your collar and grab you mm. by the hem of your jacket it starts pulling you backwards you need to make an opposed strength check yeah i would like to try to get out of that jacket your strength is one <laughs> does it have to be strength can i just try to get out of the jacket (laughs) all right i'll allow that all right you slip out of your jacket it's holding your jacket uh reverend you see this edwards you do not the mummy creature looks at the jacket and obviously it can't move its face for it has no muscles to do that but if it could move its face, it would be looking like a Scooby-Doo villain with shock at the jacket. <laughs> I imagine it does like a pug head tilt. Yeah, 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 yeah. It gives it kind of like a pug head tilt. At that exact moment, Reverend, you also see Sir John Crown, both of his guns clatter to the floor. He whips his coat out and you see... Like, in the small of his back, there are two more pistols, slightly smaller than before. If, like, he had massive forty-four magnums for his mains, these are, like, kind of snub-nosed thirty-eights. He draws those and paf, 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 paf. uh, This wouldn't be muffled, I guess. This is very, very loud. Both of you are deafened by this as he unleashes another twelve bullets. Edwards, you scramble to the Reverend. Reverend Edwards, what would both of you like to do? I'm just pushing for us to get out of the room. <laughs> uh, I was gauging whether or not I would be, uh, I would have my wits enough to hold on to the situation and try to strategize what to do. That is not happening. Uh, the Reverend is uh, pushing back and scrambling backwards and trying to get away from the door, and he is just booking it out of the car. He has lost all <laughs> ideas of the sniper. That there's friends around, he is petrified. I'm seeing just two, like, painfully uncool men, like, grabbing onto each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just running out of the car. Both of you retreat away. As you retreat away, you hear a strange... Well, maybe not strange. You hear a sound you would not expect in such a situation. You hear... From behind us? Yeah, from behind you, from where the mummy and Sir John Crown are. And then you scramble away. Neither Sir John Crown nor the mummy come after you. Well, if we're out of the uh, the car where all of this is happening, I would love to take a look at the couplings between that car and the rest of the train and see if any of it makes any sense. Do you want to pause at the coupling in between the two cargo cars, which would actually probably not... You'd still be in this scene, I would say. Like, the mummy and Sir John Crown are not very far from you. Or would you like to go to between the passenger cars and the cargo car? 
I guess it makes sense to put a little distance between us. Mm. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the next one. Well, you get to the between the passenger cars and the cargo cars. Mason, you were in the uh, war. Have you any idea how to decouple these train cars? I don't know if this is going to stop anything. We got we to gotta go. I don't know what that is. There, I I got to go. And he, he runs. <sighs> he keeps going. I'm, I'm going to look at the uh, the coupling between the train cars and go, all right, I've never let not knowing what I was doing stop me before. I don't see why now should be the time to start. Now, Adam, did Singh stay with him or did Singh come with us, with me? Singh uh, follows closely after you, Reverend. You've been... <laughs> Singh doesn't necessarily think badly of Edwards, but Singh sees you, Reverend, as kind of an upstanding sort of citizen and would probably rather be by your side right now. Fair point. Anyway, you look at the coupling between the two between the two train cars and you, your mind is thinking about nothing except a rotting hand grasping at you. Um, I'm going to kick down at it a couple of times. Oh, I don't expect this to work, but... I, I can't see uh, Edwards not trying something. You kick down at it, but the cross rail, if anything, has powerful couplings. If nothing else, they have powerful couplings upon their train. All right. I'm going to hold out my hand and say, all right, sing, brace. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm going to kick it again. Sing. (laughs) Damn it. And run into the car after everyone else. Reverend, you, with Singh closely behind, sprint through the passenger cars. You get through one passenger car. Are you going to keep sprinting? Are you looking for maybe your room? Um, I know nothing in my room is going to help me, but I do know that the marshal now has a weapon, and we are on a train car full of very trained individuals, and Mm -hmm. I... At the very least, I'm going to hope that everyone's survival instinct is going to take 
precedence. Um, so the sure. first person I see out of that bunch, I'm going to inform them that there is something horrific in the back. Actually, we'll, we can roleplay that when we get to it. I'm just going to look for somebody. You get through a couple train cars, and as you're sprinting, you hear in one of the train cars, please, please don't. You, please, please don't. What do you do? Uh, who do what kind of voice do I hear? Oh, uh, you can't tell whose voice it is. Um I'm just going, I'm not going to register what's being said. I just hear voices and I go to open the door and I go, uh, please, whoever's in there, we need help in the back. The door is locked. Do you, what do you do? I, I start banging and knocking. I go, there is something horrific in the back. Uh, Sir John Crown's in a lot of trouble. There, there is a monster in the back of this car. I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but please believe me, open this door. The door opens and you are staring at... Katie John Baptiste, you can see shink shink two like wrist blades slide back into place and out of view, but you can still kind of make out the bulge where they are. Behind her is Miguel. Miguel is sweating profusely. You can see as well he has pissed himself. Uh, I don't stop what I've been saying. I go, listen, Sir John Crown in the back just unloaded two, four, four guns. I have no idea. There was a lot of bullets into this thing and it is still moving. He may be dead right now. We we are in trouble. We need to get up out of here or something. I don't know. Katie John Baptiste looking at you, her mouth goes a little slack jawed when you say that thing. She replies kind of like you're having, it looks like she's having a different conversation to you. Uh, Monsieur Crown has defaced the El Donchetto man? Uh, I mean, it's been shot. If that's the thing, I don't know. It is terrible. I don't... What the fuck is he playing at? To shoot the El Donchetto man? Does he understand what we are even here for? It... She pushes past you and heads towards the rear of the train. All right. Uh, Miguel, I would get get to the front of the train. Get everyone as much as we can. we disconnect? Were you, is that what you're trying to do, Edwards? As I scream down the oh. car. Oh, yeah. Edwards, <laughs> you... Uh, <laughs> Katie John Baptiste pushes past you as you arrive on this scene. I uh, tip my hat. <laughs> <laughs> she ignores you. Yeah. Old habits. <clears throat> Where's she off to? Uh, I, th- I think she's going to go and... She's upset that they were defacing the Don, Don Cheto man. Don Cheto man. Wait, you know what this thing is? Uh, I know what it's called. What? All right. And I just, <laughs> I jet. I'm gone. I, I run towards the front. Wait. Damn it. I uh, I, I, I run up uh, along with him until we get uh, up next to my room. Okay. Listen, Mason, wait just a moment. I'll be right with you. There's something very important I have to get. Uh, I, all right. I'm going to go into my cabin. Yeah. Find another coat. And put it on. While you're doing that, Reverend, you spot through this train car into the first sleeper, into train car one, just before the dining cars, you can see that strange man in the heavy poncho is stepping out of one of the rooms. As he does so, he holds, I don't know if you've seen his sword, but he has a massive fuck off sword. He holds it up and you can see that it is drenched in blood with a white cloth he begins to clean the blood off his sword. What? I, I get into the. I push past 
uh, if he closed the door, I open it and I pull Sing in as well and I close the door. I'm real scared right now. Uh, Edwards, the, the, the poncho man just coming out with a sword with a lot of blood on it. We got to be quiet. Yes. I'm going to press my ear up against the door to see if I can hear him passing. You hear heavy footfalls walking through your train car. It goes from the front to the rear. Then you hear the doors to the rear part of this train car open and close. That's it. I think he's gone. Oh, man, I hope so. How many are left? I, I don't... I don't... I don't know. Let's see. The marshal... Here's Miguel, Dr. Singh, you're here with us. John Crown's in the back. Is that French military captain still alive? I'm pretty sure he's the one who was sniping. And we know... Frida Dietrich died. Watson died. There's also the... Katie Jean-Baptiste is also on her way back, so I think... There's also the murderer. Most of the scary people are heading to the back of the train? Kind of, because there was also the marshal who wasn't the marshal, but now the marshal's out. Oh, Clanton. Yeah, whichever one. I, I slumped down into the chair. Both of you are rocked as the train begins to come to a stop. The switching station. Or? No or, no or. Let's go with the good thing. How can you possibly think that it's a good thing? That we are stopping. That's just it. I don't think. I almost never think. Let's run. All right. What would you like to do? There's the door back into the train carriage or there's your window. I'm perfectly fine getting out the window. I am sorry if I push you out and you go on the ground again. We need to get out of here. As long as I'm out. If you look out the window, you can see a light in the darkness. It's quite late now, possibly midnight or even later. You can see a pinprick of light piercing through the darkness. Is it a moving light or is it a stationary it point appears, somewhere? It appears stationary, yeah. That light? That's where we're going. Uh, all right. Do you know this area at all? Have you been here before? Listen, stop asking me questions and then I won't have to lie to you. All right. All right. All right. Let's go. Just I'm following you. Dr. Singh, will you be joining us? Singh looks back into the train car, looks at the two of you and says, I don't think I want to be alone. Yes. Um, I have to assume I brought a walking stick. I'm going to bring that with me. I can't, I can't imagine this guy not having one. Let's go. I'm going to jimmy the window open. Yeah, the, the window is designed so that it can be opened. You, it's not really designed so that someone could climb out of it, but you managed to get out without any trouble. It's large Done enough it before. that you could. Yeah. Yeah. You're in the Republic of Texas proper now, and the area that you're in is mostly open grasslands. You know how incredibly flat Texas can be sometimes? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yes. Sure. Well, it's dark, so you can't see very far in all directions, but the openness of this space feels oppressive. There's a light ahead of you. It looks like the light is on the side of the train tracks. It is probably the switching station. Right right before I go to get out the window, I quickly freeze, and I turn to Edwards, and I go, there's also, who we just talked about, the Frenchman who is sniping. If we go out in the open, there's a possibility he's going to shoot us. We should have something white and waving to let him know that we just don't don't hit us. Anyone that he's going to be concerned about is in that train right now, and whatever the Don Chetto man is, is loose. Fair enough. We'll I don't want chances. to draw any visual attention to us if possible. I say we make our way to that switching station, and we get on that telegraph. All right. 
All right, again, trusting you, trusting you. I'm just, there's a lot. That's the spirit, old boy. Now, with haste, as though the devil were at your heels. It is. Singh needs no further encouragement. He is sprinting if you are not. As you move, a like it's for both of you, a single just plat, and then a second plat, and then third plat, 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 plat. And then it's like a like a storm just suddenly surging forth out of the heavens above. You are all being drenched by rain. Two bits says I beat you there. <laughs> well, Sing sprints, but is not necessarily very fast. It will be a competition of your speed for you two. Well, Edwards, you are by far the faster, so you arrive first. The switching station, like I said, two stories. There's a bottom floor, which is a single room, and a top floor, which is a single room. The bottom floor has like an open space and then kind of like a little counter with a desk and such. The top story from as you approach, you can kind of see it looks like a dwelling. So it looks like someone lives here. And surely enough, as you approach where the light is on the bottom floor, you can see someone sitting behind the desk writing at a book. Dr. Singh, make fast the door. Put anything you can in front of it. There's no door here. It's an open area. For fucking what? In the building? It's just an open space. You walk in up to the desk there. And there's a guy there. Yep, there's a guy sitting at the desk, writing at a book. Hello. He looks up. My name is Winchell Edwards. Uh, this is my associate, the Reverend Mason, Dr. Singh. There's been a murder on the train. Um, it's very important that you not allow it to go anywhere. And please put us through to the U.S. Marshals immediately. Or the Texas Rangers... Coast Guard. He grins a little bit when you say U.S. Marshals. Yeah, I could put you through to a Texas Ranger, I suppose. Well, I could send a message through. When they respond is up to them. It's nighttime right now. I pull out an entire dollar bill and put it on the ca- <laughs> on the table. Uh, it costs five dollars, said the telegram. Texas. I pull out five <laughs> more dollars and slide it across to him. He takes them. He turns around. Behind him, there is a telegraph station. He slides over to it. Sits down next to it, puts like maybe a very old set of headphones on, and then hand hovering over the machine, he says, what's the message? Mason, do you remember what um, what Agent Watson told us? there were going to be agents here. Uh, what, what part? That's right. He did say there would be agents here. I believe he said that there were agents waiting for you in San Antonio, is what he said. That's right. That's right. That's right. We need to send a message to San Antonio. Um, if you could say, I could send a message to San Antonio or the, or the Texas Rangers, which one would you prefer? I pull out five more dollars, both. <laughs> All right, then same message. Uh, Reverend, do you, you, you take this. Uh, all right. Um, help. A figure walks up behind you. The figure is so much quieter than they frankly have any right to be. You don't understand how someone can be so quiet. But when you turn around, you both spot he's got like a heavy, dark raincoat on and then face paint on. He is almost as dark as the night behind him. But you see the sniper, the Frenchman. Uh, I turn and in French, I say, the thing is let loose in the back. There's a lot of trouble going on. We're trying to get a message out to, to get help. He shifts, and for the first time you see that he is holding not a bundle of sticks, but a rifle disguised. Not really as a bundle of sticks, but both of you are panicking in such a way that you don't notice that it is just like a 
vaguely camouflaged rifle in his hands. When you say it is loose, one of his eyebrows shoots up in a questioning way. He doesn't understand. Uh, the what? Neither do I. I don't speak French. Uh, the the <laughs> the the Don Very the Don Cheadle man or something. What do you say? What was it called? Yeah, El Don Cheadle man. man. They both say that at the same time. It's the same in English yeah. or French. So, uh, is loose. Uh, Sir John Crown shot a lot of bullets into it. It didn't work. It grabbed. It grabbed him. Uh, it and also the guy with the poncho and the sword. He he killed a guy. Um, there's there's just so much, and I actually just kind of fall to my ass on the ground and start just breathing hard. The French soldier walks past the both of you towards the desk. To where the operator is. Actually, he walks past all three of you, I should say. Singh is also there. Uh, sir, you're not, around, you're not allowed around back here, sir. The Frenchman walks right up to him. So, oh, damn. <laughs> sir, the man at the desk reaches down to his hip. You can't see what he's holding at, but you assume it's a gun. I, I, I don't even watch any of this happen. I just get out of the building. This is, this is, this is going to start going south immediately. In fact, I'm going to pull on Mason as well. You're dragging me on the ground then. Yeah, getting you out of here. You hear the crack, not of a gun, but the crack of a, a rifle's buttstock hitting a man's chin. The radio operator cries out in pain, and then you hear his chair topple over. What follows there is not the sound, not immediately the sound of a fight, but you hear the sound of the Frenchman taking the telegraph machine and pushing it onto the floor as well. It falls over and breaks. We've just become a liability to that man, and we are getting as far away from him as possible. You either imagine or actually, you're not sure, hear several gunshots coming from the switching station. All you hear from me is the mumbling of Bible verses. There are some about the rain. Uh, There are some about monsters. There are some about the supernatural uh, and just death. I'm just rattling them off. I'm not quite present. And then you escape into the night.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.